Hey everyone, Krista Major here. Are you ready to be fired up? Because I sure am. I have got Tim Stone. He is a young 23-year-old who has been investing for over three years in the real estate market. So if you are on this podcast thinking, man, how is he doing that? Because that's what I was thinking. He is going to go right into it. Tell us more about him stuff, what he's doing, how he started. Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Krista. I'm excited for it. I appreciate that. Just early on, really quickly, how can people learn more about you? Um, Uh, Instagram is probably the best way. Most active on Instagram. I have a podcast as well. We just filmed an episode with you, Student of the Game podcast. Uh, Perfect. Tim Stone. (laughs) Stone, And then go to Student of the Game podcast. Make sure you give him a five-star review after you listen to it. You can check out my episode if you want. All right. So Tim, so tell me. So tell me a little bit about your background first. I mean, 23 years old, you've been investing in real estate for three and a half years. That is incredible. And most people think, how do you do that? No money. Like, can you tell me more? Yeah, I can kind of go into it and I can go a little further before I was in real estate, but uh, partners is really like the only way to get started at such a young age, like really putting in the sweat equity, just found the the right situation where I was able to provide that sweat equity, do the management and get a piece of the deal. Um, and my first real estate deal, instead of you kind of being a little on the smaller end or a fix and flip, like a lot of people want to go is 48 apartments. So it's pretty big. It's a deal that size, it's a lot easier to get, you know, a smaller chunk of it. And it wasn't like I owned a hundred percent of it, but, uh, that gets you started, made a good chunk of money when that was sold, got into doing some with my own money and just kind of built from there. And, uh, I've pretty much always worked with partners. I've done a few by myself now that I had the ability to do that, but, um, yeah, that's a, that's kind of my message is like, find people you really trust and could work with. Oh, the who, the who, yeah. the who, not the how. I, I love that. So tell, exactly. tell me a little bit more. So you're saying when you say sweat equity, explain what sweat equity would look like to somebody. Yeah. So when you're like, my, I think I was 19 when we put the first deal under contract, there's not a lot you can bring to the table in the terms of commercial real estate where you need credit, you need net worth and you need capital to, you know, get a, I think it was like a, I bought the property for 3.3 million. So it's a little over a $2 million loan. Like that just, you know, I was still in school. You just can't really do that. Um, but I moved into the apartment complex. I was in there ripping out carpet, painting the walls, doing all the management. It, it was a pretty distressed property. Everything was month to month. There are people that, you know, had the same lease agreement from like 2005. Uh, a, a lot of things management wise that need to be pieced together. And I did all of it. So that and, was, and it, it, I, I, this is really interesting because at that point you had no idea how to do that. You just dove in and just like, I'm going to figure this out as I'm going. So tell me a little bit more about I, that. I think that's very interesting for people because some people have like analysis paralysis. They're afraid they don't know how to do something. Where do I start? You just dove in. It seems like. 
Yes. And I learned a lot of stuff the hard way. Luckily, I think we, we kind of talked about it in our podcast, the market was so good in 2020 that you could have bought a piece of dirt and like a year later it would have been worth more. So that definitely helped. And I, I totally realized that, but there were things that you just wouldn't even think of, like if you'd never done it before. So we needed to paint an apartment. So I'm going to Ace Hardware. I know what color we want to do. I know, you know, what kind of gloss, all that. So I tell them, Wise Owl and Swiss Coffee, right? Swiss Coffee, Wise Owl. It's some some form of gray. I don't even remember. But I tell them, hey, I need like five to eight gallons of paint, I think. I don't know. So I go get five one-gallon buckets off the shelf. They mix them all individually. They put them in the shaker. And I did this for weeks. Almost every day I was going and buying like five to eight one-gallon buckets of paint. Found out much later, nobody told me, you can buy a five-gallon bucket. And it's like 40% cheaper or something ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> you know, things, things that you don't really think of and you don't know that yeah. you don't know. Maybe a lot of people think that's dumb. I think that's my favorite story to tell is that. Yeah, I think it's a great that. story because that, that is really true. Like it's even goes to say why it's so important to hire mm. somebody who's done the thing because you wasted all that money, right? Mm. All that time, all the resources, even like you're physically just from mm. that small of a thing, like that, that I think is very important to, uh, to, to do. So, wow. Right. So you would go in there and you were ripping out carpets, you know, painting the mm. stuff, making the repairs, kicking people out, giving them their, their, their eviction notices, like doing it all. Yeah. I didn't actually have to evict anyone on that one, but. How was, long did it, did you do that for? And what'd you end up making? Uh, 14 months and we made a little over a million dollars on it. And what uh, was your portion? Just so I, I made a, a little over 80,000, I think, at, at oh. 20 years old, which is. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. great. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That man, that that landlord yeah. did really good. Your, your partner, he got a really good deal out of that. My yeah, God. they did well. And um, so then we went on and did more projects and we're actually not working together anymore. Um, but, you know, from that now I've got some cash, like also had little bit of a tax burden for making that much money so went and bought some properties and I bought a duplex for 195,000 and it immediately appraised for 285 I think so I was like my philosophy at the time was I'm going to keep this forever like this is a property no one can take it from me it's just like this is going to be a nest egg like it's you know already got $90,000 worth of equity great deal the cash flows all this stuff and then I started thinking and actually talking with another investor that changed my perspective is, you know, if I'm cash flowing a couple hundred bucks a month and air conditioning unit breaks, this was a duplex, maybe two of them break, maybe the roof needs to be replaced. Uh, a real life example, she had a property where there's a leak in the yard and it was sewage and it had to be cleaned up and they had to pay to fix it because it wasn't on the right side of the city line and all the environmental inspections, all this stuff, and it can cost twenty, twenty five, thirty, forty thousand dollars, and that's ten years of cash flow gone. Yeah, like what was a good deal now is not making money for the next ten years. So I immediately called my realtor, listed it, sold it pretty quickly, took that money, <laughs> kind of moved on from there. And but it just kept. You know, I just think it's so like you have been entrepreneurial from the beginning, which is which mm. at such a young age, like that's awesome. I mean, it's so rare. To see, number one, somebody just diving in and being like, okay, I'm going to do all these things, take this risk, and then being smart enough to invest that, get the advice and the knowledge and actually listen to it and then purchase more. So mm. um, 
That's, that's, I mean, I really want to commend you because it's very rare to find someone to do that. I mean, I even have students now that will just like, they're just, they get in their own way so much based upon waiting for everything to be perfect. And, oh, I don't have that part of the piece yet. So I'm not going to finish my book yet because I don't have that designation. Right. It's like, no, start like, you know what I'm saying? And, and just dive in and you'll learn as you go. And I think so many people are getting ready and they're aiming, but they're not firing enough. So I just want to let you know, like that is really commendable. And I, I, I mean, I coach adults mm. uh, and I can see like how rare that quality is in you. So way to go. Thank you. And I'll say one thing that really built the confidence was the people I was surrounded with that I would like just from actually my first week of my freshman year at college, they started a real estate club. I was interested in real estate. I joined the real estate club, started networking, and they would host events where they had, you know, local investors come in and speak with us, network, all that. So I'm meeting people that are doing deals. You know, in this, this was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So people, you know, hey, I just did a deal two miles from campus. I did a the burr strategy on it. I pulled out sixty thousand dollars, and I still own it. And and, and that's a lot different. What's it? What's it called? The burr strategy. So it's buy, renovate, rent, refinance, repeat doesn't work as well anymore with rates, but it was super yeah. popular in 2020. You could, I, I think he, he bought the house for like 75,000 and put 45,000 into the repairs. And then it, uh, I'll miss up the numbers, but it appraised over 200,000. Yeah. So he did a refinance, got all the cash they used out and then still had the property. So mm -hmm. it was cash flowing as a rental and now they can take that cash they put in and you know, move it to more deals. And that was a, it was a pretty popular thing back then. It doesn't work as well right now. Yeah. But. That's awesome. Because of a lot of reasons. Oh, that's so good. Mm. So now but I was, I was meeting people doing that. Like you, you read like rich dad, poor dad, everybody's read that it's most investors story starts there, but that was in the eighties. Like that was before I was born doing all these deals, you know, across the country, it just wasn't as relevant, but knowing people doing it kind of built that confidence. If you like this, you'd like to learn more about marketing, innovation, and technology, and how to stand out as the go-to agent or area, do me a favor and sign up for my three-day unstoppable agent, and I will see you there. For sure. Totally. It's who you surround yourself with. I I, I could not agree more. I mean, in my my success as, a, as an agent and more so even as a coach, just being around, we were talking earlier about Alex Ramosi, and I told you, like, oh yeah, I knew Alex six years ago before anybody knew him. And I paid 25 grand to spend eight hours with him, which now he would never do. He, he's, he just makes mm -hmm. way too much, but he would never do that. So being around people that are doing better things than you or on the same path, it's it's amazing the success that you can get. My parents used to always tell me before I left home, bad association spells useful habits. And I used to get so sick of hearing it. And it can't be more true. And also what can't be more true is good association enhances useful habits, right? Mm -hmm. The more you're around people that are doing the thing you're trying to do and having the same goals and aspirations and dreams, it's amazing what what can happen. Uh, it's 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 just huge. So right now, like, tell me a little bit more about your business model looks like now with, with the change in the market and the interest rates being higher and like, how have you adjusted and adapted? Yeah, the big thing was it, it's kind of fun and it would have worked back then when rates were better, but it works a lot better now is a lot of the creative finance stuff, which is becoming really popular. I was able to buy 10 units for no money down the wow. million million dollars worth of real estate, no money down out of, I had to pay some closing costs, but it, it was a situation that made sense for everybody on board. Like mm -hmm. it, I, I made a post about it on Instagram. People were like, Oh, you know, that guy was getting ripped off or whatever. Like I talked to him on the phone yesterday. He wants to go skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's yeah, it, it was a, it was just a situation that made sense. And, 
a tired landlord ready to sell his properties. But if he went and put it on the market, he'd probably get half of what he thinks it's worth because that's where the rates are. That's what the bank is going to say. But if we can do it with seller financing, paid him a million dollars for 10 units it, in Georgia, that's, you know, that's what they were worth. The yeah. bank would disagree right now just because rates were spiked up so much, but uh, it was a deal that made sense for both of us. Do you live in Georgia? I live in Atlanta. Yep. In Atlanta. Gotcha. So do you do most of your deals around that area or around the country? Yeah. Most of the deals just in the Southeast is where we're looking, but most of them happen in Georgia and Tennessee. Gotcha. Uh, we bought uh, four houses on Friday, on uh, January 29th, right before the year was over. We got one more closing in. December 29th. Yeah. Yeah. December 29th. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So you bought four houses and seller financing again. Mm-hmm. So less these people, than 10% down. Less than 10% down. They're carrying the note for you. And then you're paying them a certain percentage and then, and then like within a certain time for you to pay them back with over yep. a couple of years, you know, do tell her to gotcha. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that, that just kind of makes sense for a lot of, it was the same thing. This, he was actually, it was actually listed on Zillow for sale by owner. A guy was advertising seller financing and people just never came to the right terms with him. And mm-hmm. it, it was a pretty tough negotiation, but, it took the a while, but, but, but he needed to close before the end of the year. And we had that. I mean, it was like nine days from the first phone call to closing. Wow. Yeah. So tell me the terms. What were the terms? So um, each house was priced differently. So I don't know. They're between 400 and 450,000 each house. And we put 30,000 down on each one. And then gotcha. it's uh, principal only payments different on each house, but uh, under 1500 a month on each one. Principal only. Wow. Uh, for five years. So uh, we're, we're paying down the principal every month. Uh, we put 30,000 into them and we can get between 2000 and 2,500 a month in rent. That's awesome. Good for you. I yeah. love it. So, so it's, it, it's, it's out there. Like there's deals happening. You just have to know that that stuff exists. Some people don't know it exists, so they can't, it's not a tool in their tool belt. Yeah, exactly. If it, if it made sense to just go, you know, put whatever down with the bank and get a 3% loan and the deal's going to cash flow then we do it, but that doesn't make sense right now. Well, yeah, you can't get a 3% loan right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can get 6.5%, 7% loan. I think mm-hmm. it was 6.6 last week. Um, oh, that's, I love that. That's so, that's that's awesome. So then you're just continuing looking for these deals, making these deals, and your goal is just to have a little bit of positive cash flow. Are you keeping most of, most of the investments now? Yeah, there's a, um, with the multifamily, if we're doing apartments, the plan would be to keep them for the most part. And then with the single family, there's a couple different exit strategies. Sometimes like the duplex, you could just get a good enough deal where like you don't want to hold it long-term. And then another thing we do is it's kind of like a, a pathway to home ownership through a lease option. It's like people will put a down payment down and move into the house and then over time buy it from us. So like we're selling properties the same way we're buying them. But typically it's people who are great people, great families, very quality people. There's They can't get a loan right now. Mm-hmm. Again, mortgage rates don't make sense. Maybe their credit isn't great. Maybe they have debts or maybe they're self-employed and they don't have two years of tax returns, but they can yeah. you know, put a down payment down. So that also kind of protects us. You know, If we put 30,000 down on this house and maybe we can find someone to put 30,000 or more down, like that uh, that gets all the cash out of the deal. So it, it, it eliminates a lot of the risk. Yeah. So where did mm-hmm. you learn this? Do you have, do you have a coach that you hired to learn this kind uh, of thing? Yeah, guy I'm working with started out just good friends, uh, networking. Someone introduced us about two years ago. His name's Shane So. 
one of the brightest real estate investors I've ever met. Um, every time I talk to him, I'm learning something about real estate. I, I was telling him just yesterday, we went to look at some properties in South Carolina and we were going to fly, but we ended up driving just because of the weather. So it was like seven hours there, seven hours back. I'm like, dude, I learned more about real estate in the car ride to Myrtle Beach than <laughs> I learned in the last three years of doing real estate. Um, and where that's come from, he spent over a million dollars on courses and coaching and learning that stuff. And um, does he teach it now or no? Uh, he's going to. I'm I'm trying to get him into that. I'm helping him with that because uh, he needs to. But he's he's just been doing deals for the last several years. He's got over 300 of the single family homes like that. Like Whoa, very impressive, was- very humble guy. You're going to be like that too. I can tell you're, yeah. gonna, you are going to get, <laughs> yeah, you know, have, having good mentors is really important to me and um, we're working together on every deal right now. Yeah. So every yeah. deal you bring him in. I love it. I love it. Okay. Yep. So what advice would you give to somebody right now? I mean, let's just say maybe it's your average agent. Um, uh, what would you, what, what would you say to an average agent who isn't really an investor? Maybe he wants to be, or somebody who just is selling real estate and maybe not having the easiest time. What advice could you give them to maybe help them move the needle a little bit more in their business? I've I've thought about this and and I think understanding a lot of the stuff that we're doing because like we are buying a lot more deals than a lot of other people are right now because of the creative approach, understanding how the seller financing works subject to like, which is also become more popular where you're buying it subject to the existing mortgage. Um, knowing exactly how it works, there's a lot of legal nuances and things that could go wrong. It's going to help you sell more houses as an agent. Yeah, exactly. You, because the biggest thing for us, we want to talk to the seller and figure out what their problem is and how we can make a solution where it is does feel like a win-win. So as an agent, now if you want to buy the house, you can do that. Or if you just want to sell more houses, understanding what like how's this really going to sell? Like, is this house really worth five hundred thousand in today's market? No. If we did it this way, maybe. Really, they're selling because they need you know, 60K to go do this. Well, if someone can get them $60,000 cash, how do we structure the deal where they get that? And it's still a good deal for the investor. So understanding that as it's just right now, a little tricky to sell houses to just an end buyer. Um, you, you can offload a lot of houses, people like me. Yeah, I love it. Tim, this has been awesome. I I'm, I'm, I really have enjoyed interviewing you and I've learned a lot and I'm, it's pretty inspiring what you've what you've, um, what you've done, you know, I mean, like really inspiring (laughs) and I mean that in every sense of the way. So everyone, Tim Stone, you find him on Instagram, go look at his stuff and his podcast. Again, the name is student of the game, student of the game. That's a cool name too. I came up with it shortly after I dropped out of college because I'm like, I'm still a student, but I did drop out of college. So, (laughs) oh, and look at you now you're doing so well. Tim, thank you so much. I always leave this, if you can give one small piece of advice, business, personal, health, wealth, anything to end, what would it be? Invest in yourself first, because uh, this is a question people ask me, people my age, guys I went to college, like, what can I invest in right now? It's going to make me the most, like stocks, like, can I put money into real estate, all this? I'm like, how much do you have? I have five grand, I got 10 grand. Like invest in some sort of coaching, some mentorship, some event, some conference, a skill that's going to make you more money. Because in reality, you're not going to build wealth with five or ten thousand dollars in a in Bitcoin, in real estate. Like you can learn something that now makes you an extra hundred thousand a year. You've done it. You have so many students that have done it. Like you can 
pay someone literally $10,000 to learn how to make another $100,000 because they've done it hundreds of times. Well, that's a 10x return in one year or, and you can do it for the next 40 years, but that's not going to happen anywhere else. So I, I think, especially if you don't have a lot of cash, or even if you do keep investing in yourself into more skills that are income producing. Because that's a, that's a significant tool for building wealth. I could not have said that any better, or I agree more than you even know. I've spent over a million, one million two hundred thousand dollars in the past six years. Personally, I've spent on my own personal development and hiring coaches and mentors and specialists to really help eighty, you know, ten x, twenty x, and more of the business. So, thank you, Tim. This was awesome. Everyone, yeah. go look him up. Student of the Game podcast. Remember, it does not matter. Knowledge is not power. Implementation is. And what I learned today from Tim is that this young man is has taken risks and didn't ask how, but asked who, and then dove in before he had all the answers. And that is why he's seeing the success that we have. Tim, thank you so much. And everyone, thanks for being here. Remember, I hope you're just as fired up as I am. And if you like this, be sure to give us a like. Thank you. If you like this, you'd like to learn more about marketing, innovation, and technology, and how to stand out as the go-to agent or area, do me a favor and sign up for my three-day unstoppable agent, and I will see you there.